You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Um, we do. I do uh, do a little bit of batch recording of a couple episodes based on some questions uh, that you, the audience, might have uh, for the podcast. We have some great guests coming on. Uh, I'm also, you know, really leaning into those that are holding, uh, you know, our NFTs, both the super fans uh, and the founders NFTs. Uh, we're, we're really pushing uh, to not only answer questions from the audience, but also bring in some of the things and trends and, and conversations that are happening. And, you know, just recently or just today, I guess, uh, OpenSea announced um, that they got another uh, round of funding um, on a ridiculously high uh, evaluation. So congratulations to uh the open sea team um i i did make a, a tweet and a joke yesterday that you know it'd be nice that if if open sea you know took a percentage of our nft sales um just so that they could keep the, the lights on because it seems to go down way too often uh and their evaluation is at 13 billion dollars with a b so they raised 300 million dollars so maybe they'll you know, invest that money on uh, some architecture. And I say that because, you know, my background, I worked at a data center, uh, worked in cybersecurity for the Department of Defense. So I know the tech side and uh, going down is not something that anyone ever likes or plans for. But I also know um, with all the attention and so much uh, riding on right now, one platform that is uh, really the center of uh, almost all secondary sales or primary secondary sales, um, it's definitely something that can be a bottleneck for those of us in this space. So definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, also, I've been monitoring um, some of the things that are happening around the crypto space. I know uh, for those that, you know, the crypto, the influence crypto has on NFTs um, is still something I think we're going to learn a little bit more of here in 2022, um, just based on not only, you know, using other uh, blockchains, but, uh, you know, kind of where all these things kind of fall in line. And, you know, we, we're minting an NFT every single day. We've done it now for 54 days. We'll be, we actually already did today. So um, I can actually shout out. We did uh, Metropreneurs uh, yesterday. That was yesterday's mint um, that we minted for our Mint 365 project. Um, and then today we actually minted out this morning, which is rare um, for, um, you know, not often do we hear um, projects kind of coming out early, but uh, a friend of a friend uh, reached out to me this morning and we have uh, the, the Cool Apes, uh, Cool Apes project, um, which is uh, 3000. I believe they minted out already, but we have one of those for uh, Mint 365 today. And I, I wanted to just kind of put out there, you know, one of the things, you know, we've, we've, bought an NFT on nine different blockchains uh, and, and like the nuances that exist in this space are very high, right? The, if you're buying something on OpenSea versus Rarible, the, the interface, the way that even the warnings look like um, are very different, right? If you're open, if you're over on Solana and you're buying uh, projects on Solana, you know, the, 
projects and how they're integrated are different. Even if you're buying a project on OpenSea, but it's a Polygon project, um, how they show up, how they work are is really different. And it kind of plays nicely into the topic for today's podcast episode, which is you know NFTs for non-collectors or investors, right? So if you're not looking to be like this full-time NFT collector and you're not really looking for like, hey, I want to shift 25% or 30% of my retirement fund or my you know investing portfolio into NFTs, if you're not in those spaces, I think it can seem almost like like you're not, it, the game isn't built for you or what you have or what you're looking for. And I would actually argue it, it's it's because those people that are collectors and investors are the loudest. But I would argue in many cases, I I look at, you know, I was uh, kind of going through some things just over the last, I'd say, 48 hours and, and really trying to break down like where NFTs are going to show up in people's lives or, or what are people's portfolios going to look like in 2022. And I will warn you, um, anyone who has tattoos, I have a lot of tattoos. Uh, uh, I got my first tattoo, which just happened to be like a Steeler symbol on, on my calf. Uh, my leg. Um, actually, I was on my honeymoon back in uh, 2003. That was my first tattoo. And now I think I, uh, I'm 13 tattoos in. Uh, I will warn tattoos and uh, NFTs have a similarity is that like once you get one, uh, it's really hard to stop and it's really hard not to keep going. But I, I want to set that stage to say like there are some ways that you could have one NFT or two NFTs that could change your life, that could ultimately open up doors that you never would have imagined. And they might not be the picture of uh, of an ape or a punk or a cat or a doodle or any of these things that you're seeing all over the place. Um, it might not even be you know a, a project that is um, mainstream, all hype. What the the thing that I look at when it comes to these NFTs and how we can you know introduce ourselves to this space is I I truly believe that this you know NFTs can open an element of serendipity into a community or into a network of people that is unlike anything else that exists online in the digital space right now. And so what I mean by that is if you're not a collector or an investor, but one of the things you're looking for is like you know what Brian. I really want to find my people. I want to find people that are aligned with the things that I care about, the things that are important to me. I believe that is an avenue that NFTs will open up. And now here's the caveat to this, is that to, to kind of make all of that happen, for these doors to open... Part of it is that it's not often, it's not always about finding the perfect NFT project. Rather, it's about investing your time in these projects that are have the possibility of you aligning or meeting someone inside of a NFT community that then can bring you to another community or connect you with a community. Like I, I think it's very easy. Like the, without question, the most popular thing that I get asked every day is like, Brian, how do I discover projects before? they're announced or launched or how do I discover new projects or how do I discover which projects that I should put my money into? And I think the, the interesting spot on this is, you know, yes, I can say Twitter. Yes, I can say Discord. Yes, I can say, um, you know, TikTok or Instagram right, right now where they're you know, very heavy on um, promotion and marketing of NFTs. And I will tell you the, the episode coming up, um, I have two episodes dedicated to marketing of NFT projects and I'm going to 
put it from both sides, right? Like how we have to accept marketing as NFT, uh, as NFT collectors or NFT, uh, we're investigating NFTs. And then also where that marketing shows up, because I would, I'll make the argument and this might, this might get me in some trouble. And if it does, I apologize, but I do not think you should take any recommendation from the at NFT account on Instagram. The at NFT account, and no shade on them, but they are there for attention, clickbait titles, and a lot of you know promo of things that either they're getting paid for and not disclosing, or that they're you know friends of friends of projects. And I know for a fact a lot of people are getting discouraged because they're only seeing kind of like the big mainstream, big name projects, and and when they go to jump in it, they sell out in a matter of minutes, or the price point to get into them are crazy. And and what part of it ends up feeling is like we get this weird feeling of like oh well i must be i must have to be rich to be a part of um this project or to to launch you know into something and, I, and i'll tell you i mentioned the cool ape project which is the project we bought for today's mint you know we're buying an nft every single day for 365 days the cool ape project i'm just gonna i'm gonna pull up my little transaction record right here um the cool ape project actually was minting out at 0.01 eth um, and gas, it actually is a low gas written contract. Um, and so my total costs, get this, my total costs for this NFT was $91.26. And so I know it can be very, and, and, I, and there's no guarantee that this project is going to make me big bucks. And, you know, and remember, this is not financial advice in the sense of, you know, just take what I have to say and run with it. But I will say, like, you know, what I mentioned on yesterday's podcast episode, like, you know, Crypto Chicks is a project that I mentioned three episodes ago. And 24 hours after this podcast came out, their floor doubled. I jumped in on it. And then, of course, we dropped an episode last night. And overnight, the floor on, on Crypto Chicks continued to go up. Now, I'm not saying that the podcast has a direct influence, but um, I think when you start to see trends where I mentioned a project last week, um, and that project had a very similar um, you know, uh, course, and I, I take that responsibility as uh, you know, we, I watched Spider-Man with my daughters this weekend. We actually watched all, uh, all three of, or all two, the two newest ones, because I want to take them to the movies to see the the newest one uh, this weekend. And they had never, I actually, I had never seen the two newer ones either. Um, and as Spider-Man, you know, advice that Spider-Man gets right with great power comes great responsibility. And and I will tell you, I will not mention or talk about projects that I have not done my due diligence and I'm not willing to put my, my own stake in the ground. But I think with all of that being said is like, there are prod, you know, like that, that Instagram account, that at NFT Instagram account, the amount of people that have messaged me saying that like, Hey, I saw this project promoted on this Instagram account that had 200,000, 400, whatever, how many hundreds of thousand followers it has. And I jumped over to it. I tried to get into it. I clicked on the wrong link because here's the thing we have to rec- recognize is that a lot of like the shady people or the people that are scam artists or the people that are, are working um, to send us that DM link that we click on uh, message. Here's the thing. And I remember my background is in cybersecurity. I've worked with hackers. I've hired hackers before. Hackers are not dumb where they're going to spend their time and attention. If they believe there are more eyeballs on one project because it's getting heavily promoted by these big accounts or big names, 
what they're going to do is they're going to spend more time trying to manipulate that because it has a higher rate. If they're only going to get 10% of the people to click on a link, they would much rather go after a project that has 200,000 eyeballs where they can get that 10% versus a project that has 2,000 eyeballs. And so unfortunately, a lot of this like influence where people are getting the idea of what projects um, to jump onto are happening from accounts that are either too big to fail or have no real like um, accountability behind them. Right. I I've been putting this out there for a long while that if I promote a project and the promote project ends up being a rug pull or is not a project, you know, and a rug pull for those that aren't familiar with that concept is, you know, it's the idea where a project says they're going to do something. They're going to make things happen. People buy the NFTs and then they take the money and disappear. Right. And, uh, we we saw two two projects yesterday um, alone um, make that make those um, make that things happen. One of them is getting hopefully taken back over by um, the community itself. But what I what I think we have to think about in these like rug pull examples is that like if I if I promote or talk about a project on this podcast or on my Twitter account or on my Instagram account and that project ends up being not what I thought it was or not what um, they thought it was for me. I will a thousand percent own it. And because here's the thing with that is it's not like, Hey, I I'm owning it to like, you know, make myself feel better or look good, but owning it because here's the thing is like, everybody is open to being, you know, sold a fake bill of goods. Like we are all human. And so like if an influencer is hired to promote a project and that project is full of crap, yes, we can blame the influencer probably should have done better research or maybe be more selective. But how do we know that they didn't do all of the proper research and the person that had the project was just a piece of crap and they were really good at scamming people? Um, I got two direct messages in Discord today that I took screenshots of and I'm going to post them over there in um, in our uh, pod in our uh, Discord that were really, really well-written Discord spam direct messages, right? And so I took the link, I moved it to a different browser that I do a lot of my testing on, cybersecurity style testing. Um, and without question, the link was a, a very fraudulent link. Um, it was one where they were going to... Um, you know, kind of, let's just say, if you connect your wallet, they're going to take all of the ETH out of your wallet. I'm not sure if they were going to be able to get to NFTs or not. But I say all of that because we the, the thing, if you're a non-collector and a non-investor, the real problem is, is like, how do you find the projects that you want to be a part of? And I would say right now, I feel like the answer to that is finding other people that either have that, you know, that NFT as their profile photo or like, you know, in our, in our uh, discord, for example, and there's a couple other discords I belong to that are similar, you know, the idea of saying, Hey Brian, I want a new NFT to invest in. That doesn't really help me. It's really hard for me to answer that. But if you're like, Hey Brian, I'm looking for a, a, an NFT that has a group of entrepreneurs that are, you know, maybe under the age of 35, um, you know, looking to do some cool things. Now I might be able to find you an NFT there. Or I might, you might want to say, Brian, I'm looking for an active Discord that has an NFT um, that has a low entry point, but there are a lot of great people in there having conversations. And I'll be like, oh, there's a great one. There's actually two that I know, right? There's, I, I would recommend you to jump into Crypto Dads, which is one of my personal favorite projects. And then there's another one that's the Chibi Galaxy or the Chibi Labs team. Uh, and they have a really active Discord. Because here's the thing that I, I really want to kind of like 
help us understand is much like, like, how do you find, like, I kind of use this, like my college party analogy, right? Like there was no website to find which college parties were going on and shout out to Radford university. You know, I went to Radford, uh, because, well, I went to, I, I applied to West Virginia university, Radford university and East Carolina university. Um, and there was no mistake that 1998 and 1999, um, those three colleges were on Playboy top 10 party schools. Uh, and so I, that just gives you a little light into what I was thinking of when I went to college as I was looking for party schools, uh, almost went to West Virginia University, ended up going to Radford University. But my my reason I use that as an example is that college parties were not advertised or marketed on a website or were taught, you know, told where to go. Often what you would do is you would either run into other college students that were going out for the night and you would say, hey, what party are you going to? And they would be like, I'm going to the Sigma Chi party. What party are you going to? And you're like, I'm going to the hockey house because the hockey's having a party. And then you would get to the hockey party and you are standing around. Maybe you're playing beer pong and hanging out. And all of a sudden you like meet some other people and you're like, oh, where, which party are you going to next? And they'll say, you know what? These are my three favorite parties on Wednesday night, but I'm not sure which one I'm going to. And all of a sudden, by like week three, you are like the master networker of college parties because by simply attending and kind of going with the flow and, and leaning on that first person or that first opportunity, it opens up those other doors. And so here's like kind of my challenge for everyone that's kind of thinking about this is I would actually argue that a lot of the doors that can be opened to finding the NFTs that you want to be a part of are by joining discords or Twitter conversations and kind of just jumping in on one and kind of looking not for that like instant ROI, but for the opportunity to network with others that might have a shared interest with you, right? Like, and it could be as simple as like, you're in a discord, you know, and, and you're like, you know what? This is someone else that really cares about mental health. I wonder if there are other mental health conversations happening in some of these Discord channels, right? And I've mentioned recently that, you know, I joined as a, an advisor and kind of coach uh, for Meta Athletes. And Meta Athletes is an NFT uh, project that is launching their first part of the project on January 11th. But really, the bigger picture of this project, and I'm going to have the founder um, on, Kevin uh, will be joining me uh, on Thursday this week. Um, he, the bigger, you know, mission on that is to help athletes launch their own NFT projects. And it comes down to the idea of connecting athletes with, uh, you know, uh, smart contract creators and all these different aspects and, and understanding mental health and things that are, are going in there. And the reason I, I put all of that out there and I kind of mentioned that is that like it is, I hate, I hate saying it, and but I'm going to say it. Like if you want to find the best, you know, NFT projects for you to invest your money in, you almost have to take money and throw it at a couple projects that that either someone has recommended that you trust or that you've just done a little bit of research on. And then don't focus as much as the price of that NFT, rather saying, who are the other people in this that are also holding this NFT that I can get to know? Now, I know many of you might have been tuning into this episode of the podcast when I said, you know, these are NFTs for non-collectors or investors. And you're like, Brian, just give me the damn easy button. Give me the website that I can go to to get you know an NFT that is going to change my life. And here's the, here's the thing. That doesn't exist. And if anybody can tell you what they believe will be the most successful NFT projects by June of 2022, they're full of crap. There is no way that people are making predictions on things like community growth, uh, you know, attention, the attention on a project. And like one of them, you know, a great example of, you know, actually two of them that just happened here in 2022 
over the last 24 hours. And one of them is Doodles, if those are familiar with the, the project Doodles. And another one is Alien Friends. And, you know, Doodles has, I'm pulling it up right now, in the last seven days, um, Doodles has a 300% increase um, in their in the floor price of their project. And the volume of trades is actually number one right now. It had over 4,965 ETH worth of trade volume in the last 24 hours alone. But Doodles is a project that's been around for a while and has gone up and down and has different, you know, has had different flows and different aspects to them. So when I'm looking at the this value of NFTs, not as a collector or as an investor, what I'm looking at it is the human to human relationships. What I'm looking at it is maybe the access to information or people that could get you your next job. I will tell you, I was active. I, I, I mentioned Crypto Chicks a couple times now. I jumped in their Discord uh, yesterday after buying my first uh, Crypto Chick NFT. And I was just networking, you know, sharing uh, you know, how I was excited about the project and how I talked about it on the podcast. And one of the people, you know, tagged me in another one of the channels inside of that Discord and said, hey, fans are like, we'd love to hear your insight on this topic. And it was something uh, to do around personal branding. And I, I shared my thoughts on personal branding there. And the funny thing about that is that person then sent me a direct message on Twitter and said, Brian, do you have a keynote speech that you could give to us on personal branding? I believe my association would be a great fit for you. And I will tell you, I pushed back and I said, hey, yeah, my fee for you know speaking is $15,000 US. And I'm not sharing that as a flex. It's public information. You can literally just Google my name and, and speaking fee. There, it's all public. And she replied back and said, I think I can get that budget for the spring. And so when I look at the ROI of crypto chicks as the NFT that I bought, right? Like I spent a pretty good amount of money yesterday buying a very rare crypto chick, but I could have bought one off the floor uh, for about $600. And if I look at the ROI of a closing that speaking gig that happened to be all I did was, you know, share who I was and what my background was in a discord. And on that same day, someone tagged me into a conversation around personal branding. And I happen to have a keynote on personal branding and being yourself. And that person is now going to hire me for $15,000 at the speak at their association. That ROI of that NFT is $15,000 on a $400 or $2,000 investment. And it had nothing to do with the NFT itself, right? That individual value. So I want to make that kind of very clear. And then the other part of this that I just want to throw out there for everyone that's kind of looking at NFTs as like where they fit. You know, part of the NFT culture is this idea of shared ownership. And I have to say, if you are a, if you are a coach, if you are a um, you know someone that runs a Facebook group or a community, if you are a speaker or a leader, I actually see one of my my good buddies and one of the smartest humans that I know, uh, Sean's in the house. What's up, Sean? Uh, Sean, I need to get you on uh, the podcast. Uh, we're recording this live on Clubhouse, and uh, Sean just jumped into the Clubhouse room. Uh, and Sean uh, has been creating amazing content, especially over there on TikTok. I'll actually link a couple of Sean's uh, uh, TikToks here in the uh, podcast show notes for you guys to check it out. It's kind of the beauty of, of recording this live as I get to uh, connect some of these dots. But you know, the, the interesting thing is, so if you are a, if you are a coach, if you are a, uh, a speaker, if you are someone that runs a group, the thing about a lot of these subscription models and um, pay-as-you-go type um, scenarios is it's really hard because you're constantly in launch mode, right? You're launching the next series or part two or part three, or you're focusing on renewal and, and getting people to renew their subscription every three months or every year or getting them to buy back in. 
the thing that NFTs can play in this, and this is like the flip of this, right? I, I mentioned like NFTs for non-collectors or investors. What I look at that as also is you as an NFT creator can create a NFT for your Facebook group, for your subscription, for your membership community. And rather than you having to think of it as, the, you know, I have to renew them every single six months or how do I, the, the thing that is beautiful about NFTs is that if I buy an NFT that gives me access to a membership group. And I'm using the membership group and then I decide I just don't have the time for it or maybe my interest has changed. The beauty is I can then sell that NFT to someone else that wants the access that I have. And therefore, I, I feel as though not only do I have ownership of my time and the things I'm investing in, but it also requires us as coaches, as speakers, as leaders of groups to continue to add value constantly because we've all seen this. And you know, no offense to a lot of the, the network marketers or marketers that are out there, and, and I consider myself one of them. There are a lot of people that you know, once they sell you on your membership or their online course all of a sudden they stop replying and they're not as actively engaged in you or the a conversation. We've seen that over and over again, right? And then we're like, God, I can't believe I just wasted that $1,500 or $5,000 or $15,000. But the interesting flip on that is imagine if we shift that, that power dynamic and that control. And what if you pay a little bit more in a premium to be a part of it? But for them, the, the, you know, the, the reason that they need to stay motivated and continuing to con give you value is not only do they want you to, to stay in there, but they also recognize that if they keep the value high and the demand high, then when people are reselling them, the price goes up. And remember, something that is overlooked in this space is that you can write into your NFT contracts, a percentage of every sale goes to you, or a percentage of every sale goes to you as the creator, and also a percentage goes to a foundation that you care about. Well, now you're also able to, now you're giving people, hey, if you decide you don't like this course after six months, you can sell the NFT that gives you the course access and you can move along. And now there's this kind of like shared value and ownership and responsibility. And so really what I want to hopefully inspire uh, everyone to think about NFTs and, and their role, not as collectors, not as investors, right? And I know a lot of the advice I give is from that perspective, right? I, you know, I have well over now, you know, I'm pushing almost 500 um, NFTs in my personal collection, right? I, we are minting an NFT every single day for the Mint 365 project. Uh, I am part of two other um, wallets that I'm helping, um, you know, contribute and um, provide advice and strategy for that easily have another 200, 300 um, NFTs in there. And I will tell you, I'm, I'm going to share this in our Discord for everyone that holds one of the Mint 365 NFTs. I'm going to give you full breakdown and access to every penny that I've spent personally on my NFTs, all of the ones that I've lost on, all of the ones that I've gained on. I'm going to share a breakdown of what I think went wrong. I'm going to give all of that to all of the NFT holders that are supporting us because for me, part of this is I want you to recognize that like we're all not alone. The people that happen to have bored apes as their profile photo, I'm going to guess either they paid a lot of money to get in on it when they saw the trend 
or they got silly lucky that they happened to have it in their wallet whenever they, you know, there was some momentum, right? Because, uh, you know, a year ago they didn't exist, right? And in March or in April of 2021, you could have bought one for $400 that is now worth $400,000. But no one that was buying them at $400 was at that like, wow, like this is the, the thing that's going to change my life. And, and I think that's also something that we have to recognize as I kind of bring this full circle is that just because someone has a great collection or someone has a couple NFTs that are worth a lot of money does not mean they know how to help you understand NFTs, right? Like their strategy could be different. Maybe they, they look at projects and they buy into them uh, with a couple hundred thousand dollars and looking for that, you know, 5X return at that price point versus where you're like, you know what, my entire, um, you know, bag that I want to spend this quarter on NFTs is a thousand dollars, right? And so it's really an interesting space because like who you're listening to, you also have to recognize like, is their investment strategy, is their risk versus reward strategy similar enough to yours? And if it's not, I don't recommend listening to them. And I work hard on this podcast. Hopefully you guys hear it is I don't want to be, that's not true. Okay. I was going to say, I don't want to be the, the, the jack of all trades. I kind of like being the jack of all trades, masters of none in, in many parts of my life. But I will not say that I am an expert and that all of my advice works for everyone. But I do want to try to hit different ways of approaching things, right? And so like right now, the doodles one that I mentioned has a floor of 9.5 ETH, right? So 9.5 ETH right now is the floor price to get in on a project that I will tell you guys, I held one um, not too long ago, or I guess it was a little while ago, um, and I sold it and it was not anywhere close to 9.2. And like 9.2 ETH is over $30,000 to get in on that project. Now, there are some people that will tell you, based on the people that are holding it, based on the momentum and based on some of the things on the roadmap that they have coming up, that that project will, could possibly be a 30 ETH project by the summertime. Well, if you're someone that's looking for, uh, you know, let's say you want to you know, triple your investment, if you spent $10,000 right now on that NFT with the idea that, hey, there's a possibility of hitting a 30 ETH floor by the summertime, that's 3x your investment, right? Like maybe that's your play. But then there's the other side of this where, you know, oftentimes I'm saying like I'm throwing a lot of money at these mint projects and I will tell you it's, it's a lot of it is a crab shoot. Like I get frustrated sometimes when I look at a project and I'm like, man, I researched that project and it does not have much you know, credibility before they launched. So I didn't buy it at launch. And then once they launched and they got like kind of a, an idea of what their culture was, all of a sudden they, they started to build some rapport with their audience and all of a sudden it became more of the trendy um, NFT. And now all of a sudden it's, it's going up in value. But when I looked at it a month before it was launching, it was nothing of value. And it's much like just like every startup out there. And so last but not least, you know, you guys know on the podcast, I try hard. I, I try to give you like a project to keep in mind. And then I try to end every episode with a use case um, that, because um, I, I believe there's 300, over 365 use cases for NFTs, but I kind of shared a couple of them here in this episode. And so rather than giving you a use case to finish out this episode, here's what I'm going to get you, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to think about in, um, in where we're moving forward this year, especially 2022, and, and some of the things that you want to think about where you're going to spend your time. If, if you are looking to grow... If you are looking to expand your audience, the people that you are working with or talking with, if you are looking to make a bigger impact on the world, the thing you have to recognize is doing the same things you did last year or the year before will not get you there. 
We all know that adage, right? Doing the same things over and over again, um, expecting different results is the definition of insanity. But it's also the thing that we oftentimes will get stuck in is that we will say, I've been focusing on growing my LinkedIn uh, you know, account for the last five years, but I really can't reach a new audience, but I'm going to spend more time on growing my LinkedIn account. Right. Like, well, maybe that's because no one really searches on LinkedIn for new people to discover. New people don't show up on your feed on LinkedIn. Right. You need to use another platform that opens up the doors to new people and new opportunities. I believe NFTs are the answer to that today. And so if we take away the financial reward of it. If you are willing to you know, invest a couple hundred dollars on a couple different communities and then spend the time engaging, listening, researching, you know, asking questions, I'm going to put it out there that you're going to find your people. Maybe it's just someone that could be your business partner. Maybe it's two or three clients that end up signing on for you for a year. I really look at the internet, the digital world and social media as a whole. It's really hard to find your people. Like you don't find it searching hashtags on Instagram. And in many cases, you don't find it in Facebook groups because once a Facebook group gets to a certain size, it's very hard to manage that like intimacy and that connection. It becomes very much like a, a, a closed off Reddit thread where people just post a question or they drop their own link and then people comment below. I look at NFTs right now as just like this beautiful gateway and door to open up the opportunity to have some amazing conversations and, and if anything, help you feel less alone, help you feel more like aligned in where you're going on this. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode of the podcast NFT 365. As always, it is super powered by the ADHD coin is a coin that I launched um, back on March. Um, very blessed that, you know, our coin reached over $10 in value. Uh, those that originally jumped in um, to jump in with a coin, uh, I, I believe mo- many people started and invested when it was $1.34, right? And so uh, I love seeing the coin's value there, but I even like it more so, you know, in our Discord, you know, I gave away some money today uh, in our Discord. If you're, if you're just simply holding 93, which was my hockey number, uh, 93 of ADHD coins, um, I was happily giving away some money to you for just to say thank you for holding those coins. And so that's part of the beauty here of, uh, you know, with the ADHD coins and the NFTs, like for my, for me, this is all about, you know, how do we together lift each other up? How do we together grow? I, I, I don't want people to jump in and invest in NFTs to make me money or make the founders money or make the creators money. It really comes down to this slang and we refer to it in NFTs as wag me. You might've seen it. W A G. MI. And it really just stands for, we are all going to make it. And so if you see WAGME, W-A-G-M-I, we are all going to make it. What that really just means is like, hey, together, we're going to lift each other up. We're going to, this, this is something that is, it can change our lives that we're willing to spend the time and invest on it. So I will leave you guys with that. Make it a great day, my friends. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own.